everyone, welcome to Animation Nation. I am your host, Prime Tem, here with you, ladies, news around animation and pop culture. Hopefully, everyone is having a wonderful day no matter where around the world. Let's get started with your daily news. Now, our first latest news comes from Gizmodel.com that show creator of OKKO, Ian Jones Cordy, says that the show's cancellation is based on Trump's beef with CNN. Now, he did, now, Ian. Did an interview with, I think it was like called Cartoon Course or Cartoon Crash, something like that. Just as Ian really began to hit the strides of the sh- and shift into the dark story arcs, the series was rather uncertainly cancelled at, at the time. It felt like the it felt like yet another instance of the beloved cartoon getting the axe, even though there was likely more to the story that could have been told, but. Ian has some thoughts on the main cause between the actual complexity behind the show's cancellations and the way that the modern, hyper-focused fandoms spend time paying attention to the behind-the-scenes productions developments of the show. A number of different narratives about OKKO, its demise, is emerged online. Though Ian Jones Cordy had spoken about the cancellation in the past, in a recent interview with, with the Creative Talent Network, he went into a bit more detailed, sharing the perspective on the larger situation that couldn't really fit into the, the course social media posts. According to Ian, while OKKO per- premiered on summer of 2017, Cartoon Network and Warner Bros. initially planned for its series to launch a part of its new online platform where the series could succeed wouldn't be able to tie traditionally with TV ratings. Now this is what Ian has to say about the situation. <clears throat> KO was sort of a of supposed to be like one of the first shows that, were, that wasn't rely on television ratings as much as it was going to rely on views on the apps and stuff like that. And there was going to be a huge, like kind of a over-the-top app for Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers, and all of those properties because of AT&T, who had just been trying to buy Warner Brothers, was going to basically use all their skills as a telecom to create an all-in-one streaming services that was like Cartoon Network, Warner Bros, Warner Brothers, HBO, HBO, yada yada yada. Now, this is where. This is, now, this is where the creator has a shift towards the reason why why the cancellation of Okikio. This is what he said. <clears throat> now then, Donald Trump specifically hated Warner Brothers because they own CNN, so he wouldn't let the merger go go through, according to Ian Jones Corey's reason. And so basically, what happened is that the studio and like all Warner Brothers, Warner and Studios basically got stuck in the holding pattern while they were waiting for the merge to go through. It's very possible that there's some degree on the on the truth to the idea of Trump's vendetta over CNN over the network's coverage of the historically disastrous presidency in form of the, uh, of the Department of Justice response to AT&T and, Water, and Time Warner's fusion. It's very important to bear in mind though there are many legitimate reasons of the massive media slash telecom mergers are not intentionally good beyond the excellent cartoons being harmed in the merger process. Now, I also want to mention as well what 
I also saw the um, the um, the podcast or the uh, the interview with Ian Jones Cordy. He also mentions in the line that um, he he's basically not the only one, or not the only show has been affected by this by this stuff. He specifically said that there's probably other properties that have been affected by this merger, so we could only assume that, um, like other cartoon creators, their shows, um, they're, well, not technically their shows, but their projects that are about to be shows, or about to be greenlit anyway, kind of got shifted over because of the merger. Now, I know you guys are wondering how is this, how is this merger important? Well, the article didn't explain very really well, by, but according to what the the interview mentioned, Ian said that um, without the merger of AT&T, Warner Brothers, and, and Time Warner, because the cartoon, without that merger, specifically, without having HBO Max, having all these properties to merge, they wouldn't, they, they don't, they would have, like, financial gain, basically. If they do this merge, they would gain, like, more financial gain, they gain, like, more more money for for creators to have more episodes to pull out as well as paying the artists the animators the the editors all the properties as well as more episodes because animation is very expensive not gonna lie it's a very expensive industry and having this um awkward position where what he trying to say is that it's OKKO in the beginning is not supposed to be for television it was meant to be for for HBO Max, basically. And it's supposed to be driving for that streaming services. But ever since 2016, since Trump became president and he he doesn't allow CNN to, or properties, basically Warner Brothers, who on CNN won't allow to merge it because, because we all know that CNN usually talks smack about Trump or whatever. And he got angry, so he decided to cancel the merger in order to prevent them to get financial gain. No, no politics aside, and I don't want to get political in this, on biases in this podcast, but just want to say that there's times where things like this happen on a, out of nowhere, and it's very weird. I know there's going to be times where it has to be politics involved with, with corporations, where they usually have effects with their, with their content, with the pulling out, and this is something that I wouldn't expect, like this to happen, I mean... I don't know if the president could do that. I mean, apparently, according to what Ian says, I'm pretty sure they have the power to do it. But the thing I realized from the mention is that I see many other creators I've seen talking about this topic. And honestly, I know they like to blame the president to um to have this degree to the cancellation of Okikio and other properties. The thing I want to mention is that that there are also other things that the show didn't do well. Well, obviously, they mentioned was the ratings because the reason the ratings for Okikio as soon as you follow wasn't very that much on top, basically. I mean, there's other reasons why the um, shows have to cancel far soon is either because of crunch, either because of TV show ratings. There's probably uh, any any other stuff that besides the financial gains. But the thing I want to mention is that it's weird to think about it, to think of how how this <laughs> type of happened. Because when I when I first heard OKKO OK being canceled, I kind of like the show honestly. Watch a few episodes. I mean, um, when I first heard its cancellation, 
my first assumption was that it's probably had like low ratings basically or because the OCC Cartoon Network hardly even advertised the show as the um, years go by basically and that's and that's kind of sad honestly because you because in the beginning you advertised the show hardly I remember the, the advertised OKKO all the time in the beginning of the season but as more seasons progress they slowly shifted away and they only bring out like around like a few bits of episodes in their schedule as well as their new episodes and it's very daunting to realize that because it was um, I think it was I think it was during the time where where Cartoon Network has this awkward phase where they spam the whole schedule with Teen Titans Go everywhere else from their schedule and it's, it's I'm, I'm thinking right now like what the heck why you guys are putting rapid more reruns of Teen Titans Go all the way till you get to like Adult Swim's time period basically it's just weird it's kind of like the Steven Universe effect where what kind of is is like when you when you um promote a show in the beginning then the years go by and then or seasons go by then they slowly stop promoting the show I mean, there are reasons for that because one, there's other shows that need to be more promotion as well. Two, there might be a little bit more budget cost for a trailer. I mean, they could just edit it a few couple episodes and just mash them up into like one big trailer clip. That could be easy, not gonna lie. And I mean, that could be one of the reasons why they won't want to promote other shows progressing with their seasons maybe because of the because other shows are are coming out and they need more support basically I mean either way what I could say about this is that we go because one thing I forgot to mention is that at the time of writing this article I was on social media basically and or specifically Instagram and I saw the news that apparently a fan on Twitter wrote to HBO Max that they would wish to have this show be um, kind of like renewed or being like progressed, meaning that they want the show to be to be um, to follow through. The official account for Twitter on H- okay, the official account for HBO Max on Twitter literally responded and they say that they'll take this to their development team. I'm not joking. That's what they. That's what they did. So we're assuming. We're now assuming that there pro- there might be a chance that Okiki might come back. Because because the show is meant to be for HBO Max. It wasn't able. To, it wasn't meant to be telev- television, basically. So this is basically Ian's possibly his golden ticket to have his show coming back. Now, one thing I want to mention is that. I don't know if he's gonna come back. If this if this might happen, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's gonna come back and do more episodes, or have someone else be in charge. But if he does come back, I'm pretty sure he's gonna make more and more episodes of Okikikio. If if the HBO if the HBO Max team were able to follow through this this request from one fan, and it's amazing how how streaming services have this odd power to um. To bring things back to life, basically, because it's sort of a, instead of a reboot or a or follow two theories. For example, um, 
for uh, Cobra Kai, for example, the 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 follow through of uh, of the Karate Kid series, basically, or or another one for uh, for Voltron. It was an old show back in the '80s, and now they're they already, they already brought it back by DreamWorks, basically. They have this odd power to bring back properties in order to either reboot them or follow or follow through the story, basically. And that's what one of the powers of of the streaming services because they're able to have that power. And that's the thing I kind of like about this situation because if this happens, if a show, oh, another good example is um is a uh, Clone High. Back in back at the early 2000s, Clone High was a was a show. It wasn't really that popular, and then they suddenly got popular around last year because of the JFK memes. And that show got canceled because of um, controversies that's happening around in India with with Gandhi and everything else. Now we already got the news that um, Clone High is getting is being rebooted for two new seasons. Basically, they're continuing the series where they left off. Basically. That's one of the good examples of the streaming services. That, and there's a property that's already been canceled. Have been, or well, basically been canceled in the middle of the, of the progress. They're able to bring them back. But the one thing I want to mention is that I seen the ending of Okiko, and I'm not sure how they're gonna do that. I'm not sure how they're gonna bring them back. I mean, are they going to have them like? Because at the end, uh, spoilers alert, at the end of the show, we just see K.O. grown up, and now he's in charge of the plaza. And what we're going to see, what we're going to see, are we going to see him follow through his hero journey, or we're going to see him, uh, like a few bits of his, few bits of his past that we haven't even seen before as a kid. And that's the thing, we have so many questions, how, how if this might be possible for them to bring back a reboot, basically. So that's the thing I want to know. Because there's many possibilities with this show. This show has a lot of things to the point where they literally broke... In the episode segment, they literally broke broke the fourth wall. They broke the fourth wall to the point where they realized that, oh, we're, we're basically in a cartoon show while, our, while we're being in, in, a, in an animatic, basically. But my thoughts on this is that overall, the... Um, I apologize if there's any noise in the background but overall with this show I mean I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Trump personally attacked or personally cancelled OKKO I'm pretty sure the president has no idea what the heck that show is but I know for the fact that he um, that he decides to delay the merger and which resulted in all the properties that connects it Two other corporations slowly starting to fall out. Basically, it's basically the domino effect. If something happens to one domino, it follows through the rest. It's basically what the president did. I mean, for now, well, you could say that there might be possibility that OKKO might come back through the fans' tweets and what HBO Max did. I'm not sure how Ian Jones Cordy reacts to this stuff if he's excited or not but hopefully he has some good content he's he's doing so far i'm not sure what he's doing but i'm pretty sure he is um, um doing whatever the heck he's doing basically on twitter but who knows but what i want to say is is that overall sometimes you just want to cherish shows as much as you can before you before they get um shelved because you never know i don't know where they're gonna get canceled or not that's the reality of things they usually cherish 
your properties or cherish your shows or content even if it's not a show even if it could be like a video game a movie series cherish the things you like to watch before you never know the inevitable might happen basically that's what I'm gonna give you guys that basically because stuff like this could happen out of nowhere and you just need to be prepared or realize that you must know this show might not last longer it's just the only thing you could do is just keep supporting the creators and the crew as much as you can to let the networks know that hey we love these guys please if anything happens to it you gotta give low ratings <laughs> in a way basically now our next set of news comes from independent.com that a producer of the of the old of you know, the oldest television show the simpsons has defended the show after the latest episode caused the constant of the the concentrated among the viewers that an episode titled do pizza bots dream of the electronic guitars that's basically what the title of the episode is features a flashback of the main character homer simpson is shown as a teenager as well as an aspiring TV, as well as a aspiring DJ in the 1990s, making the characters, making the character younger than Bart Simpson was when the series began. Earlier, the earlier season of the long-running cartoon showed that Homer as a child in the 1960s instead. Although the years went by with the characters and all this, and all these stayed with the same age, the timeline, the timeline of his backstory was shifted forward. The Simpsons fans has. Simpsons fans have complained about the new episode with, with one fan writing on Twitter that the series reached a new depth of, ex- of external horror of every year. However, veteran series writer and executive producer Matt Solomon explained that the episode's premise in the series on a Twitter post writing that the continuity alert, Sunday Simpsons episode, playfully the reinterpretation of the show's timeline that to allow Homer to be a teenager in the 1990s. The Simpsons is a 32-year-old series where the characters do not age, so the canon must be the elastic, contradictory, silly, he added, basically. I mean, let's be real for this. The point is, everyone knows The Simpsons has been a long-running series for more than 32 years. 32 years. I think it started like around the late 80s that it first began and sometimes stuff like this happens where things kind of shift in order to make them stick because how are you going to run a show that's been longer than that basically and you're probably going to run out of ideas unless you are kind of like poke funding on the latest things kind of like South Park when they um, find something latest things of the year and they kind of like poke fun of it basically but at times you got to have new ideas and new things because Seeing the same things over and over again might feeling a bit more bored. You just want to have something unique for a change. I mean, sure, we have Homer Simpson, whatever the heck, how old he is. I'm pretty sure he's like he's in his 50s already, but kind of change his backstory of how he was a kid in which timeline, basically. Because, because mostly fans... Well, basically, they're basically dedicated fans. Or basically, they're just putting like, the whole pieces of the puzzle of how the timelines work in the Simpsons universe. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fans who are really dedicated to the point where they love the early seasons of the Simpsons and the late ones, basically. I mean, that's how the fans work. 
piece of wood I'm assuming. But to be honest, it's all up to it was all up to the writers who write who write this stuff. I mean, we're talking about the veteran who's been to the Simpsons series since day since day one. I mean, I'm pretty sure he this person knows what he's doing. I mean, sure you gotta get fans angry about this, but you have to realize that this show has been long for 32 years, and you must bring something new to the table. You know fans are gonna get angry or riled up. You need to understand that this show needs to have new things and new other things, basically, and in order to keep this show up alive for me for quite a while, honestly. I mean. There has been other theories saying that, oh, the Simpsons are going to get in, in this year, that year, this year, that year. And to the point where we don't even know when the Simpsons are going to be going to be ending, just like how SpongeBob SquarePants. We're not sure how this show is going to end as well. But what I can say is, is that it happens when a show kind of like changes narrative what happens even though they have already introduced in the past for example what I mentioned in the last podcast was the new Patrick Star spinoff where they kind of changed um, having Patrick's parents look differently than the, than the earlier season where we actually see his actual parents in that one episode it's, there are times that show sometimes that those shows have that basically where they kind of change a few things in order to make them feel more more new, more modern, more fresh of the character, basically. Sometimes it could be good, sometimes it could be bad. Mostly it has to be bad because, uh, again, fans get angry and they start to get riled up. But you, they, but at the same time, as a fan, you have to understand that things change when it takes a longer time, basically. And we kind of have this point in time where fans are more... Uh, are more, uh, I won't say unstable, but where fans get more um, riled up than ever before since the power of social media, specifically on Twitter, that they they found something that their content is doing something new and it's not keeping up with the other fans, they usually, they usually complain, basically. Not gonna lie. Sometimes they do that as well with other contents. And at times... If you're a writer of the show or a movie or, or a video game, whatever, you have to ask yourself that, okay, if this is going to benefit the fans or the crew, basically. And you have to have this awkward position where what you're going to do. And you have to make some quick, quick decisions of how you change things around, basically. In order to... But then another thing I want to mention is that it also is a good way to have new fans to come over and you're going to bring another resurface topic. And being refreshed to have new fans that coming inside the fandom that could also be one of them as well i mean i know the simpsons has been long for that long i'm pretty sure you gonna have new fans every single year and he's probably their tactic their tactic just to introduce uh, homer simpson basically in the 90s i mean i'm pretty sure the 90s at this point has been more than 20 years at this point like a few a few decades so I'm pretty sure people who were born in the 90s are already in their late 20s and early 30s. So they could, I mean, that's basically what the Simpsons is. It's basically millennial age. 
the yeah, it's possibly around the millennial era, basically. Then Homer, then because you can see that for now on, Homer is basically not a boomer anymore. He's a millennial now. <laughs> well, Homer says he's a millennial, <laughs> in a in a way, basically. But what I want to say is, is that usually shows shows tend to change, and shows tend to change in a way but overall you just need to understand that um I think that things are not gonna be the same thing as what they usually are before but but at the same time you have to either embrace it but if you really don't like it then you might as well you just might as well have to leave the fandom just go somewhere else basically what you enjoy but it's all up to the it's all up to you, the fans, to think whether whether you're comfortable with this with comfortable with this change, or you just want to just you just like I don't saying that hey I don't like this change basically, but it usually happens. Now, our final story for today comes from thedesert.com that the. Um, that the California Amusement Park Association wants this, wants one thing for many theme parks as they slowly reopening in California to, and I quote, migrate the effect of shouting, meaning the group says that in the new set of guidelines, hopes that people will, will, uh, will hold off on the screaming while at theme parks. The California Association said that, the, that face coverings or face coverage usage or the or modifications of, of seats Loading loading patterns will be required on a on a amusement park rides to to migrate the effects of shouting. Additionally, on rides, guests generally generally face in one direction. This follows the guidelines of California Department of Health's blueprints for the safety economy, which allows the places to reopen as long as they limit the activities that are known to cause increased spread of the of the virus according to fox news the association asked the customers to limit their screams while on rides guests were were also asked to limit the use of their loud voices per agency agency friends of press as well as disneyland is set to reopen on march 30 not march april 31st i mean april 30th which will be able to have a major theme park reopening for california to amid the pandemic as Walt Disney World reopening without a policy on screaming. This is the most weirdest policy I've ever seen from California, honestly. This is this is the state where I live in basically. And it gets to the point where they where California literally has a I'm not sure they passed this law, but they have a they used I think like two years ago they had a law where they completely banned plastic straws. I know it's good for the environment, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure there's more plastic materials than just plastic straws. I mean, look at the cups you've been drinking out of. <laughs> They're probably made out of plastic or basically just simple paper. But the thing I want to ask you is how can you limit screaming? I mean, once you're right inside, I mean, this is more than just dizzy, Disneyland, basically. For example, let's say. Six Flags here in the United States. Let's say Six Flags reopens and they want to limit people to the amount of screaming. 
that's not gonna be possible because Six Flags is one of the most theme parks that has a lot of coastal rides. And I'm pretty sure people are gonna scream no matter what. So, if you ask a person who's going to, I don't know, I could think of a ride in Six Flags, let's say, um, Goliath or Superman Returns, where they had like a, they had like a few people going on top of the tower and just falling down. Let's say they tell them, okay, if you're gonna ride this ride, try not to scream. I don't think it's gonna be possible for that. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be possible for that to happen. I mean, if you try not to scream in a ride, the person's probably going like this, all the way, just to, just to ride this ride. I don't think it's gonna be possible. And specifically, if you've got a, if you've got a ride with a face mask on, I don't know how that situation is gonna go through, honestly. I mean, unless they have developed some type of uh, technological or maybe something unique, they have put a guest to give them face masks to have them scream without having um, germs coming out of the air. But at the same time, you have to have the, the, the patients or the customers breathe at the same time while they're riding a coaster. And you never know if the patient, if the, uh, the patient, and you never know if the customer had like I don't know like a couple of a couple of drinks or food. I mean everyone should know that you shouldn't eat after you're going to you shouldn't eat before you go on a ride. That is that is the number one rule because if you do that you get a vomit. Everyone knows you get a vomit. But what happens if one of those people actually do that and they have to wear a face mask? Do they have to vomit? in their face masks or do you have to do they're gonna bring in like some type of a a mask that's like connected to a to like a barf bag or something like that to have guests to vomit basically i mean there's a lot of scenarios to think about the situation and what i suggest with this policy is that um maybe have the rides a bit slower if that possibility the have the rise a bit slower but a bit more enjoyment at the same time i mean i'm pretty sure disneyland has a few rides that are not really as fast as they go as like for um splash mountain but but at the same time it's gonna be way more difficult to um for theme parks to actually do this follow this policy because again theme parks are usually meant to for excitement, joy, having people um, escape their they escape their um, their worries and go to a theme park and have fun. And they mostly go to rides to just basically scream and shout and just have your have your hands raised above above the, <laughs> above the seatbelts basically. Not seatbelts, but basically above the bars. I mean, I could tell us it's yeah, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think how this is gonna work. I don't know how this is going to be able to to function, but it's all up to the theme parks able to um to figure out a way how to have this mandate be acceptable with other with the with customers coming in and have them be social distancing, wear a face mask, and wash their hands. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're all gonna wash their hands, they use hand sanitizers. They're probably gonna have them all over the place. But I think what I know is that another thing I wanted to ask is that 
social distancing while <laughs> while being on a ride. Like six feet apart for riding a roller coaster. Are they just gonna extend the seats? Tell them six feet apart. <laughs> or they there are they're already six feet apart already. That's the thing I wanna know is that there's gonna be a few rides where they have um, human contact or human range. Like for example, they, they, I know there's like a few rides where they don't have seatbelts. They have like um, they just have you dangling or dangling midair and just have fun with the roller coaster. Like just dangle above above <laughs> more than like one like across your fucking feet. It's gonna be more difficult to have these theme parks to reopen basically. And I'm not sure how this thing is gonna work. But another scenario I could think of that should be good for that is the virtual ride. For example, um, there was a Simpsons ride in Universal where where they have you make I'm not, I'm not sure they make you like a, I think they have to make you like wear glasses and they shoot your screen while the roller coaster slowly moves up and down, up and down without having the coaster kind of like roll within an actual ride basically. They could do that honestly. They could do like a virtual ride and have them like sitting on a on a cart and just like have the car just moving around basically without actually going out of the area basically. They could do that. That's a, that should be a genius move they should do like implementing virtual reality roller coasters. That could be a good scenario, honestly. But they still need to implement the whole China to Scream thing, basically. But I'm not sure how this is, this is gonna work. I mean, this is specifically for just only California in general, basically. And I'm not sure how other cities are gonna do this. Are they gonna follow suit with, with California's plan to reopen theme parks, or are they just gonna have their own um, their own scenario of uh, of how they're going to? Uh, have their theme parks reopen as well because right now Disney they mostly make their um, their um, their money based on theme parks and they have to follow suit with this stuff because they're losing money right now aside from because Disney Plus they're not making them as much money as what they expect to do I mean I know they're putting a lot of content specifically with the Mandalorian but the revenue is mostly came from their pay because of the theme parks as well as the cruises so I'm pretty sure they have to follow this scenario with this policy. But then at the same time, they're not following the mandate. The quantity article, they're not really gonna follow the mandate. So which I'm I'm just assuming that they probably have least rights over the required screaming, because I know there's like a few merry-go-rounds and a few go-kart races. I know they have like a splash mountain as well as the um uh, I know they don't have the Tower of Terror. I know they have like a few uh, Marvel themed rides, but I'm pretty sure they're able to capable of trying to have not as much people screaming as possible, basically. And the one thing I also want to mention is that I know there's a theme park opening right now, but it's Japan. I know you guys know about uh, Super Mario. I'm mean, not Super Mario. Super Nintendo World opening in Japan and you should take notes about that because I've seen a few videos of Super Nintendo World in Japan and they and everyone's like face covered not face covered like wearing masks and 
And parents, they're just, they all just have fun, basically. Because they only have one, they only have, like, two rides. One ride is the virtual reality of uh, Super Mario Kart. And basically, I think it's called Bowser's Challenge or something like that. And another one was basically a kid-friendly ride called Yoshi's World, basically. Which is kind of cute. But, but I could say they, they should, like, take notes on on Super Nintendo World in Japan to see how they're doing. I'm pretty sure they're doing well with the pandemic. Well, the opening of theme park ride based on Nintendo. Nintendo's property, basically Super Mario. So that could be a good example of how they should um, take this policy follow suit by following other examples of the theme parks who are already open, basically. Well, that's it for today's news, everyone. Hope you guys liked today's episode. Make sure you guys follow or subscribe to this podcast if you guys want to hear more content such as like this. Make sure you guys follow our official Twitter account of Animation Natty Ten. That's Animation Natty Ten. You can also find our our account name on on the description of the podcast as well. I usually do this podcast around every Saturday or Sunday. It usually takes a few a few news um, articles around throughout the weeks, basically. So this is. I also want to give you guys an update that um this is a personal update that um yesterday I was able to do the podcast earlier because um apparently I had my first shot of the of the vaccine. Basically, basically, I got the Pfizer vaccine, and my arm was feeling very sore. So I suggest that if you guys are eligible to do, to take a vaccine, make sure you guys do it as soon as possible. Make sure you guys. And one thing I want to tell you guys is that if you guys are gonna take a vaccine, schedule it early because usually the schedule is just very compact or basically just out of out of date. Not out of date, but like or they're already all booked basically. So take. Just take your vaccine appointment as an earlier time. Message is around 7 a.m. Whatever, what region you live in, basically. So, so make sure you guys keep an eye on that as well. So, this is Animation Nation. I'm your host, Prime Time here. Hopefully, get to see you guys the next weekend. So, 